Hey there, it's Paula Ferris from Journeys of Faith. And chances are, if you've ever stepped foot in a church, you've probably sung a Chris Tomlin song. He is one of the leading singer-songwriters of our time. But as successful as he is, he had other ideas about what he wanted to do for a living. On this episode, we travel to his Nashville home. We record this podcast in his new studio. Guitars are proudly displayed on the walls. And I may even get him to pick one of those guitars up and sing us a song. Here's Chris Tomlin on this week's Journeys of Faith. I'm having a pinch me moment because I've been invited by Chris Tomlin to his beautiful picturesque home outside of Nashville. And we're sitting above the garage. And this is your inspiration room, your this is writing where, room? Yeah. So it's it's pretty new. We just remodeled our house. And this is the place where I thought I need a place to get where I can be quiet, where I can just get my guitars and my and sit mm-hmm. at the piano and write songs. I have two little girls. I have a piano in the house. The minute I touch it. It's now Disney time. We've got oh, to yeah, let it go sure. and all these kind of things. And so I never, you know, there's not, there's not been a place where we just moved here recently. I had a studio back when I lived in uh, where I lived before, but this, so this is my new space. So you are like really the first guest in my, in my new space. Oh, I feel so honored. So you can get away from everything except for the landscaping. Notes, right. right? <laughs> yeah. You still, still got the mower, <laughs> mowers going everywhere. One of the most prolific songwriters of our time. And yet you have two little girls and they want to hear you play Disney tunes. Oh yes. That's, that's it. So, well, that or somewhere over the rainbow, because that's what Dorothy sings in Wizard of Oz. So that's mm-hmm. what it's got to be something. They love it. Yeah. I'll try to put one of my songs in there. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, dad, thanks. Let's go back to, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I, it's amazing. Twenty to thirty million people sing your worship songs every single week. Every single week. Mm. Did you ever see this for yourself? Never. I, I would have never thought that. That's still when I still hear that. It doesn't. It, it it feels like that's an outer body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, because obviously I'm. It, it. I don't really see that week to week, mm-hmm. but it's amazing to hear those things. And I never thought, I never dreamed it would be like that, uh, that from, from my, when I was a little kid, my dad put a guitar in my hand when I was, when I was nine years old and he loved Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. He loved the outlaws. That was his thing. I grew up in a small little Texas town, but I never dreamed that I would be, uh, that this would have happened. But I, I, I learned early on country music and, but I have a group in my church. Um, I had a strong faith even since I was a little kid and, I would get a chance to play at my church. I grew up in a very small town, 2,000 people. 2,000 people? 2,000 people. In Texas. You're, right, you grew up in, in Texas. East Texas. 2,000 people. That was, and it was a salt mining town, the uh, Morton Salt Mine. The um, you, you, you know the little girl with the yellow umbrella? Yeah, Morton Sea Salt. That's yeah, where so you grew up? Morton, Morton Salt, one of the mines for Morton is in my town. Every, all, the, all the men were miners, most of them. My dad was a pharmacist. He had a pharmacy in town. He, sold guitar, he had a guitar shop in there. Sell guitars, love to play. Taught me to play. I grew up in this uh, one of the one of the few churches. There was only a couple churches mm-hmm. in town, and I could play. So they would have me play music at church. You know, I was only one of the only Wait, one of the kids could play. Your music. dad taught you, or my, were you self taught? No, my dad taught me, and I would play at church, and I loved it. I loved that mm-hmm. opportunity to play, and I never dreamed that it would be that it would turn into this. I never, in my wildest dreams, thought that people would sing uh, my songs. But from an early age. I can remember playing playing at church, and I remember I never liked it. I would tell my mom, I'd go home, I was like, "Mom, I don't like it when you people, didn't you didn't like to be center stage." No, no, no this is it. I, I was like, I never liked people like staring at me, and when I'm singing songs, I was 
I really loved it when people would just start singing. When I would, I would try, so I'd try to sing something that people would know. So they would just start singing along. I didn't, I didn't like just performing. So I would tell my mom, man, I really like, I really love that when everybody sings. I didn't, as a kid, I didn't know what that was. But now looking back, I was seeing that God was wiring me that way. Totally. In a, in a way of like, He wired me. To, and so I started trying to write songs that way. Even in high school, I'd write songs, simple songs that people, could sing. I would just write, I just want to write songs that my church could sing mm-hmm. or wherever my youth group or whatever. And never, and so Texas was, that was the training ground. I, and, and I got into college and started playing on, I started getting the opportunities to play. I'll have to tell you that the, my, the, the, how it all happened. But when I started getting opportunities to play and, and sing, I was, I was in college and I was, every weekend, I was fielding all these. Invitations. People are like, "Hey, we've heard your songs. Would you come? Would you come sing one in our in our church? Would you? We love these songs." And so, for the longest time, I felt like I was just really chasing my songs around. People had no idea who I was, but these songs were starting to find their way into churches, and they were calling me. They find out, "Oh, you're the guys who wrote these songs. Would you come play it in our church?" And I was like, "Really?" And this this is amazing. I wasn't even trying to do this. I was going to school to be in sports medicine. That's what I was going to school for. I wasn't trying to do this, and. I was like, this is crazy. But every weekend, another church would be like, hey, will you come play at our youth group? We love these little songs you're writing. And it was really a little Texas thing. I had no uh-huh. band. It was just me and my acoustic guitar. And would never have dreamed years later, I'd be sitting here talking to you on a podcast, talking about all of these and how these songs have, have gone around the world. And it's interesting. It was really nothing that you did. It was just God working through your music. You don't know how it how it was spreading, but it was. Your name was spreading and the, the music was spreading and making a name for itself. Exactly. And I, so God was creating a different path for you, one you didn't really anticipate, maybe, or want. Did you Did you want this path, or did you... You said you thought you'd be in sports medicine. I, I thought, well, I did... I, I, no one in my family had done any kind of... was doing any kind of music, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do that for a living. I don't know how do you do that, like... Wait, so you don't have musicians in your family? You know, my dad, but no one was playing for a living, you right, know. They were right. just... It was just a hobby. So my dad would always say, that's a that's a great hobby, son, but you got to get a real job. <laughs> yeah, that's what my dad would always say. we got to go to college, uh-huh. you got to get your degree. He's not get, saying that anymore. Get a, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. you got to get a real job. And... um and so that's what I thought I had to do. And I remember my grandmother came to me one day and said, we need a doctor in the family. We don't have any doctors. I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. And so that's what, I was going that way. And No one said we need a worship leader in the family. No, no, one, no one said it. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. Weird. And um, so that's where, but yeah, so I wasn't not trying to do this. I, I didn't have um, albums. I didn't have a website. There was no, nothing like that. I was li- literally, it was so grassroots and just so word of mouth and it was amazing and looking back i'm like wow there was it i I look back and i think wow i never planned this this was really something that god was opening up doors everywhere i totally god god has a dream for us sometimes that we don't see for ourselves (laughs) you're now the most influential and leading artist in christian music today you've had so much success how does your faith keep you grounded yeah, I think because everything we just talked about, because I'm always staying close to that, because I'm always like, man, this was, the, I don't look back on my life and think, I had an amazing plan. Mm-hmm. This was like, I, I figured all this out. I did, you know, I had this charted out and it's worked exactly to plan. Mm-hmm. I look back and go, wow, God, you've done this. How This is your goodness in my life, your grace in my life. I can't believe that. 
um, I, I always have a really grateful heart, and I know where I come from. I come from a really, really small, humble place, and would have never dreamed again. So I never. It's and it's always been small steps. It's never been you. You read all those things off, but that has not been overnight. That has been little small steps by small steps by small steps of 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 taking. You know that two steps forward, one mm-hmm. step back. Like, oh man, I don't. I even know what. It, how, what's the next turn? These steps of faith of like, can I really do this? Can I make a living? Could I have a family and mm-hmm. do this? And so it's never been nothing. It's, it's it's not ever been anything that's been overnight or it's happened. And so all those steps along the way, I've just wanted to stay really rooted to the same thing that I've always tried to stay my eyes set on one horizon, and that is. To give people a voice to worship God, to people to to to, to help people sing. Mm-hmm. I want when people say, "What are your what's your music sound like?" You know, I'd be on the airplane. They're like, "It's it's always usually the same conversation." What do you do? I play music. Uh, um, you have a you have a band. I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, you have re- you have you have real records. I'm like, "Yes." yes. And uh, what's your name? Chris, Tom- Chris Tomlin. Never heard of you. Thank you. <laughs> and um and so it's usually, that's how it usually goes. And like, well, what what does your music sound like? And I'm like, well. I hope it sounds. I always say I hope it sounds like thousands and thousands of people singing. That's what I hope it sounds like. Well, you have millions and millions of people singing it. So, so it's, every week, yeah. So I think that it's just that's what I've always been trying to stay true to. And um, you know, I think anything that keeping your feet on the ground is mm-hmm. people around you. I think when you get isolated and you get by yourself and you get in your own head, that gets scary. But when yeah. you have real people around you that or help and point you in the right places and in, in, in keeping and, you know, my goodness, being married, that'll keep you on the ground. Kids will keep you grounded. Kids will keep, kids will keep your feet on the ground. That, mm-hmm. That's real life stuff. Yep. That's the real stuff. And so, yeah, I think because it's been such a long process, you know, I'm in my mid forties now and it's, and I'm still as passionate about it as I ever have been. Um, but I would, I, I can't imagine if you had all those things at 17, or 18 years old, I can't imagine what that would do to you. So it's been just these small steps, you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. kept the, that's kept me in, grounded in, in my faith and really close to, and really knowing when I look back, I'm like, wow, this is this is all from you, God. Mm-hmm. I did not try to do this, and you have opened this way. So why would I take the reins now and think that I know how to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People ask you, what do you believe? What is your answer? Well, I mean, from a spiritual place, from a place of faith. I I believe that um, we're all made by um, that everybody has a purpose and they're made they're made by God they're made in they're they're made to know God that God had that that they're on this earth for a reason mm-hmm. and that they are loved that you are that they're, they're greatly loved by by this amazing. God is such an incredible word, right? It's such a hard thing to grasp because when you say God, it means so many things to different people. Mm-hmm. But I, be, I, but I really believe that there, that there is a, um, there's a creator that created you, that created me, and for a relationship to know you, that's when you're filled in life. And I think that we, that, that you see humanity in so many ways running to for to be filled. But to mm-hmm. know God, to have a relationship with God, that's where that, that that's that's where that's the core of of really uh, of, of 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 life. I think the greatest force, power in the world is grace, and there's nothing 
There's nothing like grace. And grace is the understanding that, that whatever you've done, wherever you, life takes you, whatever choices you make, we all make choices that lead us in different directions, good choices, bad choices. And whatever you, wherever you feel, whatever choices you've made, the grace of God is the most powerful thing you could ever know because it's saying you didn't deserve it, you don't deserve it, but, I, but God's saying I love you and I want you to know me. Grace is so radical and so there's nothing like it on the earth. God's saying I love you. I I know that I I know there's a battle on your, in your life. I know there's a battle for things and I want you to know me and I love you and and I there is a there's an evil this world this there's there's an evil in this world and it is you know the scripture says it like this one of my favorite passages is John 10:10 10, 10. it says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus said I have come that you might have life so I'm going to show you the way to the father that you could have life and life more abundantly yeah. and that's the that's the core for me because there isn't there isn't evil in this world that wants to kill your life destroy your life steal everything from you take it all from you but there is there's God is offering grace offering grace and saying I want you to know life mm-hmm. and I want your life and I know that you may not feel like you deserve it but my son my daughter I've seen it all the time that we, God's a good father I when I boil it down to is is, is the, the grace of God is unlike anything else unlike anything else any other force in the world After the break, Chris is going to tell us what inspired his new album, and you may even hear him unplugged. I know for me, I found out, yeah, I was raised in a, in a Christian home, but I don't really think I understood what it meant, what my faith meant until it was tested. Mm-hmm. And I go back to, you know, for me, several points in life when my marriage was falling apart, you mm. know almost 15 years ago, and, you know, we were separated, Mm -hmm. and then multiple miscarriages. That, for me, is when my faith was really tested in those low moments, and I found out who I was, and I found out what my faith meant to me. And I think we all have to go through that at some point, those lows, those chapters of tragedy. What were some of those moments for you? Yeah, I think people may look at someone like myself and think, man, they must just have a red phone to God. They must have. Do this you? Re- <laughs> no. Okay. You haven't seen a red phone around here, have you? <laughs> have uh, There's no red phone. <laughs> you must. You just have this different. You write these songs. You must just have this different relationship with God. You must know God. I could never know God like that. You must walk in a, on on not quite touching the ground. That is, and I think because the stage does that. Stages are horrible for that. They do that. They elevate you, people, and people think, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And I love that question you asked because I know, you know, life is tough, and it it comes at you in such a hard—if you live long enough, it's going to come at you. And for me, uh, I think the lowest lowest moments of my life, when I think about it, has been my own human condition, my own pride— when I think about, you know, when I think about where that's gotten me, when I think about where my where my pride has taken me, where is it taking you? When I make decisions that are send me down a path that, you know, that I, 
where I feel like I'm completely, how could God ever love me? How could mm-hmm. God ever hear me again? How could I ever, ever, how could I ever know? How can I ever know God? How, how, how could, how could, because of decisions I make, because I, I feel like, for instance, you know, when you get married, you really see yourself. Um, I, I spent most of my career uh, single. And so, man, and when you get married late, later in life, that's rough because you've set in your way so bad. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you're, you're in such a – and, and so for me, that was – You've only uh, had to make decisions for yourself up until that point. Yeah, and so when the marriage is like this mirror, right? It's like it's just right in front of you, just showing yourself all the time, your selfish ways. And when you're in that place of just like, you're, you're, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to make these decisions myself. I'm going to do this on my own. You know, I'm, I'm going to do my own way. I think I know what's best. Mm-hmm. It usually doesn't end up in a good place. Mm-hmm. And that's when you realize um, without God's grace, um, you know, I surely wouldn't be talking to you. I surely wouldn't be in this place. I say it like this from the stage every night. I, I try to let people know that I said, none of us have it together. I don't have it all together. You may think I have it all together, but I don't have it all I'm together. I'm still looking for the red phone, by the way. Yeah, it's not around. Still looking for the red phone. <laughs> I say, yeah, and I was like, I don't have it together. And I look at the crowd and I say, you don't have it together, but we worship a God who holds us together. Mm-hmm. And that's the that and that's that's where my faith. I find God holding me, and I, f- I find the closeness of God when I'm in those places of just where I'm like, you know, I've blown it. I've made some decisions. I've I've really hurt my wife. I've really hurt my kids. I've done things that I, I wish I wouldn't have done. I wish I wouldn't have. And so your kids aren't always singing, you're a good, good father? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. You'd have to you'd find the right day. But I, I find those 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 things, man. I I find that when you ask me about my, you know, what the low times, I, I find that easy for me. Um, besides, you know, hard things that happen to you, you lose people in life or, you know, those kind of things through, through loss. Besides that, I usually find it's because of myself. Mm-hmm. I got myself, I got myself here because of my own pride. Yeah. And, and for, for a musician and for a songwriter, your inspiration comes from moments and comes from personal experiences. What are those experiences that are really inspiring you for your music? Are they the lows? Are they the highs? Are they the in-betweens? For me, my songwriting, it's interesting because I come from a place of trying to get people to worship God. A lot of the songs that maybe people have known from me, it's usually come from a place of just something from the Scripture that's jumped out at me. I remember one day reading Psalm, I was looking at Psalm 104, and it said, You, O Lord, are very great. It, that's how it opens. It says, You, O Lord, are very great. You're clothed with splendor and majesty. You wrap yourself with with light as with a garment. All these beautiful things describing the, the glory, the greatness of God, right? And I don't know how. I'm a guitar, and I'm sitting on my sofa, and I'm just looking at it, and I just start strumming. And I just uh, so I say, How great is our God? Mm-hmm. How great is our God? How great, how great is our God? And I would just sing that over and over. And I would be, and, uh, and and instantly I started thinking, I would just, I could just hear people singing this. And I would, I and really I, want to sing with you, but my, I'm scared my voice is going to crack, so I'm not going. No, but, <laughs> and you're intimidating to sing in front of. No, I've no, got to no, be honest. No, I shouldn't be. I, <laughs> um, but I would, but so that song, you know, just comes out of that place of like, of seeing something. In in the scripture, having a piece and just writing and just writing in a way, mm-hmm. trying trying to sing in a way that would that people could sing that. I've always felt like if I could point people 
to God's goodness and His in His grace and His greatness, then the things, all the things that people struggle with, the, the things that they're going on in life, that healing could start coming in people's lives, and different things could happen because, and then it's amazing what happens when you point when you point people's eyes up, when you when mm-hmm. you point people's hearts, when you lift people's gaze up. Because the world is, is hard enough, and it puts us enough in ourselves of like, man, oh, you know, woe is me. I got all these problems. But then you can, when you raise people's eyes, it's like, no, this is what's true. Then I think that I think that um, you know somehow through this music and through God's spirit that starts get us outside people. of ourselves. We get stuck, yeah, in yeah, ourselves yeah. and in our minds. Yeah, it starts helping people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were to describe your faith with one, maybe two words, I'll give you three. How would you <laughs> How would you describe your faith? I would say the, the first word that pops in my mind is is uh, grateful. Okay, that's, that's a good one. A, that's the first word that. Put, um, and let me let me put it this way, and I've heard a myriad of responses. Where would you be without your faith? Um, I would probably be hopeless. I don't. Th- I think. I think faith is uh, is is a, another word. I would say is hope because I would. I'd where. I don't know where you would put your hope. I don't know where I'd put my hope because everything, everything I've seen that uh, of mankind really fails you at some point. And I'm going to, I'm going to fail people and people are going to fail me. And that's the way it is. But with faith, I feel like there's, there's, there's a eternal hope that I would not have. I would not, I would not have that hope today. And I think that's when I, when I look at this, the, the crippling things of depression and everything that in the in, in the the things that are taking over our feels like our world. I feel like it's a, a, a loss of hope. You know, it's mm-hmm. a loss of hope of like there's something greater. There's something more, and that that's what that's where my faith. I, I think I'd probably be in that place mm-hmm. without faith. I'm with you on that one. Um, real quick before before we wrap up, you got a new album out. Mm-hmm. Holy Roar, it's Holy an album Roar. and a book. Yeah, the book and the album. Yes. Okay, so what's different about this work than all your past work, or are we still going to feel the same, Chris Tomlin? What? Maybe I should ask you what inspired Holy Roar. What inspired Holy Roar? Um, this, well, the book was something that came first, actually, and it was a message that I heard uh, from my, my pastor give. Um, about a year and a half ago here in Nashville, Tennessee, he started talking about praise. Mm-hmm. And someone who I've lived my life uh, trying to help people praise God. I feel like I've talked about this all the time, so mm-hmm. I kind of checked out. I was like, okay, I know this. You're and, kind of like a traffic cop in some senses. You're like a worship traffic cop. You just point people in it. the right direction, that's, right? That's it. That is total, that's perfect, perfect way of saying it. And I... And so he started talking about praise and what praise really, really is. And I was so floored because as he began sharing this message, I thought someone was stirring in me. I could feel it stirring in the church. I was like, man, I've never, I've never heard this. How have I spent my whole life mm-hmm. the, helping people praise God? And I've never heard this myself. And what he was saying is that, that in the, the original language of the, that the Bible was written in, every time it says praise, when it says praise the Lord, there's different words. There's seven different words. That mean praise, just like we know that love. When it says "I love," when the, when, the, when in our English language, when we say love, you can you can maybe say "I love my wife," and "I love ice cream," 
and I love French fries, and I love soccer. In that order? Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Um, but, you know, it's like ice cream's pretty close, but it... But you know, we we have limited words. We love that there's two. There's completely different meanings. But in the in the scriptures, when you say love, it could it's four different meanings. There's all these different words for it. There's agape and phile, mm-hmm. and phileo and all these different beautiful words. Praise same way. There's seven different words, and they mean completely different things. When it says when the, when the scripture says praise the Lord, it might say halal the Lord, which means to to like act clamorously foolish. When it says, well, sometimes it says, how about this word? You ready? Barak. You heard that? You ever heard that name before? Yes. There's a, there's a word Barak is in the Hebrew and it's, and it means when it says Barak the Lord, which means to kneel, to kneel in adoration of the Lord. Okay. There's a word that means Yada. It says some, some scriptures say Yada the Lord. And it means to lift your hand. Yada was the Hebrew word for lifting your hands. Okay. And so, what you look at people and say, "Why do people lift their hands when they?" It's just it's a natural human thing. But right. like, and so this whole holy one word is Shabak, and it means and uh, in Shabak Shabak. And even here in Chance the Rapper, when he, t- he Chance took my song "How Great," I don't know if you know this, but the "How Great" and did this rap around. And in, in the middle of it, he was on it. He's like Shabak. He, and he, I heard Shabak, and I was like, he said, Shabak, Barak. And I was like, I can't rap. You don't want me to do that right now. <laughs> but I was like, no, he... You have some limits. He knows. Shabak is a Hebrew word for a holy roar, a shout mm. to praise to God. And I was... And so it really inspired me. And I was like... It, and so when you hear my new album, Holy Roar, or the book, the, it's the, you know, the... The, the songs are what I've always tried to be about. Again, I've always tried to keep my eye right there, not trying to redefine myself, be something new, trying to write songs. That when pe- I feel like God has given me this, this, this platform, this influence, a little bit of responsibility, trying to, trying to write songs that help people worship God. And so the same way, the best collection of songs I can come with at this moment. I think this is my 12th record of that. And with, and then the book is, is really goes into these, what it really means to praise God is seven words that'll change the way you worship. And when you see these, it opens up your mind. You know, I always always tell people that singing and worship is not about it's it's not about singing. It's about seeing. And once you see, once your eyes are opened, then you start. Then then you then that causes you to sing. I mean, when you when your eyes are open to the grace of God, when you know who you are apart from God, and you realize the goodness. Then that's why you sing Amazing Grace. That's why you're like, man, that's what makes you sing. And, and so I'm hoping that this book and, and these songs again just help people's eyes open again mm-hmm. to the goodness of God and the greatness of God. You want to maybe play something quick to, to take us out? Is oh that my okay? Let me, grab, let me grab a guitar. I don't even know. There are four guitars right here there's, there's a, within a, arm's reach. <laughs> Let's see. And they all have a different sound, right? All uh, four of these. Oh, wait, here's a guitar that doesn't have any strings on it, so that's not going to have much of a sound. Yeah, that feels like my songwriting most days, guitar with no strings. You just give a little, a little sample. You don't have to play a whole song. Oh. But if you want to give an entire concert, that's fine, too. Let's see. I'm kidding. <laughs> this, is, this is fun. Um, so should I play uh, something from the new record or, so, or just or anything? Maybe play a classic. Okay. Let's see. Uh, oh. Just to take us off. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me 
that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. As always, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening, for subscribing, and for rating. Please pass the word about this podcast and keep supporting it. We really appreciate it. And a huge thanks to the team here at ABC Radio that makes it all happen, including Susie Liu, Lewis Millman, Mike Dubusky, Joyce Alcantara, Brianna Montalvo, Josh Cohan, and Andrew Kaub. I'm Paula Ferris, and I'll talk to you next week on Journeys of Faith. <laughs>